Everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call. Glad to have you here tonight. And uh, folks, it's it's been a big week. Um, last week we had Brother Benjamin on uh, talking about you know what's going on in 2023, the culmination of so many things, the reckoning. Um, but tonight we want to dig a little bit deeper into the parable of the fig tree and an update on what is going on right now in the world folks if you haven't noticed this has been every week is a brand new adventure in the united states of craziness and folks this this is beyond looney tunes now we're in the world of what used to be considered make-believe has now become our reality and so folks with that i want to bring on benjamin tonight and get started and let's jump into the remnant call brother benjamin are you here with me I'm here, brother. God bless you. Um, this is some insane stuff. And I'm just going to ask, brother, if we could start with a word of prayer and let's jump into what's been on your heart and what's going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Father God, thank you. We look to you, Father, in Jesus name. We come with thanksgiving on our lips. We come with praise in our hearts for your goodness, your faithfulness to Amen. your people, Lord. We love you. We bless you. And we pray that your name would be lifted up, that the name of Jesus would be exalted, that a word of truth would come forth from this program, encouraging, equipping, and preparing your people for the hour that now lies dead ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother, thank you so much. Um, and I, I'm excited to what we're going to get into tonight um, on, you know, the fig tree, folks. This is some stuff. Benjamin briefly mentioned it, but let me tell you what. It's it's unbelievable, amazing, uh, exciting, and probably one of the most misunderstood and all over the place of interpretations prophecy out there. Parable, excuse me, I should say, uh, in the Word of God. And so, brother, I'm excited, looking forward to it. But could, if you could do me a favor, Benjamin, spend some time. There's some crazy stuff going on right now in the world. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well. And it's already, what, January 13th, Friday, the 13th in January of the year 2023, you know, not so much into the Friday the 13th thing, but it, a lot of people kind of ascribe something to that notion. And, you know, whether that's real, I mean, you know, as you think, so you are, right? Um, but in any event, isn't it ironic that the year 2023 starts out with Friday on 13th? You know, and so here we are. And of course, that is the number of witchcraft, you know, right, Frank? Yeah, it is. And witchcraft is currently in control of the United States. That is very true. Witchcraft has dominated this country ever since the Chaldeans took control, gradually silent, you know, silent coup d'etat. You know, as America was busy fighting uh, World War II, the Chaldean deep state was busy co-opting our government within both political parties, and mm -hmm. you know, and um, and ultimately creating the 
all of the institutions that'll be merged into the coming one world government. But yeah, let's talk about the parable of the fig tree. Let's also talk about some of the news. There's a great uh, interview with Colonel Douglas McGregor uh, that's online. Let me see if I can direct you guys. It's, um, I guess we can put a link up. Yes. Uh, through the redacted site. Um, a couple of Natalia and Clayton Morris do a great job with the news. And um, Colonel McGregor, you know, basically gave an update on the real conditions in the Ukraine war. And, you know, it's a disaster. Uh, the troops are suffering from an epidemic of tuberculosis. Uh, medical support for the sick and the wounded is not very good. They're overwhelmed by the number of casualties. They don't have the proper medical personnel. Um they're, the Ukrainian army is basically being chewed up, you know, as they burn up the the Western munitions inventory. Uh, they're also literally chewing up uh, the the manpower inside the Ukrainian army. Uh, he described the Ukrainian military as a house of cards that is certain to collapse now that um, there's a massive winter offensive underway. You know, let me um, let me just read a couple. You know, this is a a, a news update uh, in the last day or two. Uh, General Surovikin, Surovikin, I guess he's known as General Armageddon. He was replaced by the head of the um, chief general of the Russian staff, a guy named Valery Gerasimov. And you know, a lot of people thought, well, that's a shakeup because. Things, you know, aren't doing well on the ground. Well, you know, the intel that's now come out is, no, no, no. The, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but Sir Oviken, I guess I should just call him General Armageddon. He's still going to be in charge of ground operations and, and military operations within Ukraine. But now he'll be reporting to the Army General, who's the Chief of Staff who will be overseeing the entire war effort. And, you know, the issue there is just to guarantee that the forces that will be engaged in Ukraine uh, will get all the necessary resources that they'll need. And there's reports of a massive winter offensive that's being prepared. And that's the reason now you're hearing talk about sending uh, tanks and Bradley fighting vehicles NATO suddenly realizes Ukrainian troops, they're on the ropes and they're going to need tanks, lots of tanks and fast. The problem is NATO doesn't have the time to train the Ukrainian troops. You know, operating you know, these advanced weapon systems takes months of training. You were there, Frank, right? You don't, they don't just throw you in a, uh, a Bradley fighting vehicle or, or put you in an Abrams tank and on in one day you're ready to go out and operate that in a combat situation. It takes months of training. Absolutely. They don't have months. The Ukrainian army doesn't have months left. And so um, they're moving this armor, but it doesn't make sense that they would be able to train the Ukrainians in time. And And so now the intelligence reports are coming out that NATO intends to a actual full entry into the war if certain cities in the East fall to Russian forces in this coming offensive. Well, it's very likely that they will. 
you know, if this is a correct, a true intelligence update, uh, it means NATO will be an actual combatant in a war against Russia, and that this is going to happen sometime in the coming months. Well, you know, could you make a greater miscalculation, Frank? No. And what blows my mind is that this war that's going on right now to protect one of the most corrupt nations in the world, Ukraine, one of the leaders of human trafficking, has become a topic of the woke alt left to support this war. It's it's absolutely a masterpiece at the takedown of the United States. And somehow it became it becomes socially acceptable to support Ukraine, who is about as evil as they come. I, I it's it's absolutely we are literally funding what we stand against as a people, at least most of us, anyways, in this United States. And it's bankrupting us. There, you know, and and now that you look at the Ukrainian army is in terrible shape. Russia could literally end this in a moment if they wanted to, and I'm and it wouldn't be pretty. Yeah, well, it's going to take more like um, maybe 15 minutes, but I get your point. Yeah, I mean, like a moment. Yeah, I mean, they sent in what their third string to begin with. Yeah, I mean, Russia didn't even send in their first A team. But it was perfect because it's Napoleon's strategy from the Battle of Austerlitz repeated. You fake weakness. Your enemies, you know, they're bold now. They're they're encouraged. You're on the ropes. They rush in to take you out, and then you annihilate them. And so my question is, folks, is it possible that Putin knows exactly what he's doing, that not only is he at war, but he's bankrupting the United States at the same time? Is that possible? Of course. Yeah. I'll give you an even bigger picture view. Is it possible that the communist leadership in all of these axis of evil countries are actually people that are under the control of Satan? And is it possible that these evil satanic people are to one degree or another involved with the world satanic organism? the cancerous growth of Satanism within the human population, which is being controlled by the Illuminati and the Antichrist? Is it possible that the Antichrist is actually pulling the strings? The destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way, and he's going to make your nation desolate. But first, they've got to create the right political background. Russia has to be able to sell the story that theirs is a just war. They're merely acting in self-defense. Our own... This could already be over, Frank, as you oh, and I yeah. both know. This could have been over a month ago. On a Sunday morning, this all ends in 10, well, actually within one hour, it'll all burn. Yeah. And what we're just seeing is the early part of the, I don't know, it's like a Broadway play, right? I mean, come on, the president of Ukraine is a comedian. He's an actor. This is a charade. Go watch Wag the Dog, the movie. They created this war in order to guide the world to the valley of judgment. 
and there's no turning back. And you know what? We're here. So let's talk about the, the parable of the fig tree. Amen. You know, this was the one parable that Jesus gave us as homework, right? You guys know that? Matthew 24, verse 32, Jesus said, now go and learn or go study the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and it puts forth its leaves, you know, you know summer is near. Likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Truly, I say to you, the generation, this generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. Well, which generation? The generation that sees all these things. Well, what are all these things? Well, the first thing is the fig tree putting its leaves forth. And the rest of the things are everything else the Lord talked about in Matthew 24, as well as all the other prophetic books that describe in detail the events that will now take place at the end of the age. And the generation that sees these things, it won't pass away until everything's completed. That means the return of the Lord has occurred. That means the tribulation's over. Bible prophecy is fulfilled. And the Lord has come and met his people in the clouds. The remnant will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air on his way to Jerusalem. And he's taking back the kingdom. He's taking back the world. All of that will be fulfilled in the life and times of the generation that saw the fig tree put forth its first leaves. Well, okay, in the interest of a short message, Israel is the fig tree. And Jesus was talking about the rebirth of the state of Israel, which occurred in May 14 of 1948. The generation that sees the rebirth of the state of Israel will see all things fulfilled. So right there, we're given a, a, a metric for the measurement of time. And, and it's in the form of a parable because we have to understand what does it mean for the branch to be tender? Okay, that's a whole separate study. We, we'll catch that on a subsequent program. What happens you know, when the first leaves come forth? Why, why did he reference summer? That's a summer is coming soon. Tell the people to clean their houses. Summer is in this parable. And the Lord references when you see these things, know that it's near, it's even at the door. And then he tells us the key to the entire parable, the entire mystery is that the generation that was alive to see the very first of these signs would be yet alive at the end. Okay, so the sign was May 14, 1948. Was it? Or are we benchmarking a, a number of complete you know, years of time? Should we look to the civil calendar, Rosh Hashanah in the fall? Do we look at the spiritual calendar, Nisan 1 in the spring? Or is it literally the day the fig tree first put forth its leaves, May 14, 1948. The parable doesn't give us any insight into that. But we do find insight 
regarding a parable in Psalm 49, where David wrote, I will incline my ear. I'll turn my attention to a parable and I'll open this dark saying upon my harp. So there is a parable that is going to be revealed through a message, a prophetic revelation in the Psalms. The dark saying will be opened up within the book of Psalms. Okay, well, what parable is that? Well, I would propose it's the only parable that you were given as homework by the Lord. Jesus taught 40 parables in Scripture that are recorded in the text in your Bible. Only one of them was given as homework, where he said, go and study, go and learn, go and look carefully at this parable. And, you know, of course, the majority of us didn't do the homework, right? You know, we read the Lord's words the same way a teenager listens to their parents, you know. Yeah, 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 mom, yeah. And right in one ear, out the other, and on to whatever the next distraction is in your life. We're going to study the parable a little bit tonight. So where would we find the insight? Well, Psalm 90, the only psalm written by Moses, has the answers. Or clues to the answer. And in Psalm 90, Moses writes, My mouth shall speak of wisdom, the meditation of my heart. No, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mistakenly reading Psalm 49. This is King David. My mouth will speak of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will be of understanding. I will turn my ear to a parable. I'll open the dark saying upon my heart. Why should I fear the days of evil? Well, that's interesting. This parable has something to do with the coming days of evil. Why should I fear the days of evil when the iniquity of my own heels compasses me about? Well, because we're being judged. Know ye not judgment begins in the house of God? And, and that judgment is only in part, and it's in mercy. But God judges us first before he ever judges the world. And here David is saying, why should I be afraid of the judgment of my God? Because we know on that day we will stand with him. We will be like him. We'll be redeemed. We'll be clothed in his righteousness. And even if we have to pass through a tough season of time to prepare us, it's that time of suffering is not worthy to be compared the glory that is going to be revealed in and through us. So the parable itself, the clues are in Psalm 90, where Moses talks about the return of the Lord. Isn't it amazing that the Jewish commentators, you know, they just completely ignore where the where Moses asked the question, teach us to number our days. We're trying to count out the days of this parable that we may apply our hearts to wisdom, return, O Lord, how long? Well, wait a minute. If the Lord's returning, doesn't that mean he's already been here before? Uh, yeah. You can't return to someplace you've never been. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee conserving concerning thy servants. Lord, please repent of your plan to kill the entire church because of their apostasy and to purify every one of them through the fire that is coming. And 
preserve a remnant for the glory of your name. That is the essence of what Moses is saying in this verse. Then he goes on and he declares, the days of our years are three score and 10, which is 70. And if by reason of strength, the word is gabarim, they'll be 80 years. Yet in their strength, the, the last 10 years will be a time of labor and sorrow. Well, boy, isn't that interesting. Hold that thought, children. And then we are soon cut off and we fly away. Okay, well, that's that's the death. That's the destruction that is coming. By reason of strength is a reference to the 144,000. So now we're left grappling with, well, how do we apply the clues from Psalm 90 to the parable of the fig tree? And I've wrestled with this for 20-something years, trying to fit the metric together. You know, and it, it never... It looked like it worked, but it didn't quite fit until just this year. The very first day, maybe it was January 2nd, January 1st, I was reflecting on this parable and I thought, wait a minute. The Lord said, when you see the generation that would see these things, he could only be talking about a generation that was alive at the time of the fig tree putting forth its leaves. That means people that were alive on May 14, 1948, they had to be able to see the fig tree. That generation would not perish. They would be alive to see the events of the end of the age. And that's not necessarily the 70 or the 80 years of Psalm 90. Psalm 90 is merely referencing average numbers for the life expectancy of people. 70 is an average life expectancy. Some countries are a little above 70. Some are, depending on different issues, could be slightly below. And there are other countries where the life expectancy is above 80 years. But I thought to myself, could Jesus have been referring to the generation alive at this time? Is that the answer to Psalm 90s revelation? Is that the answer to the parable of the fig tree? So I thought, well, well, hold on. He was talking to Jewish believers. He was talking to his disciples. They were all Israelis. The generation of Israelis. Not the generation of people living in Antarctica or Siberia or, or any of the other Gentile countries. So I went and I looked up the life expectancy for a generation within Israel today. Frank, it's 82.7 years. I just about fell off my chair. Yeah. Say. We, if we add 82 years to 1948, well, the answer is 2030. Now, if you add the whole 82.7 to, to May 14, 1948, you end up on January 4th of 2031. But we know from the scriptures that World War III occurs in the fall. And we also know the Lord's going to fulfill the feast days of the fall. So the second coming is in the fall. You know, the, the second coming is not going to be in January. It's, it's going to be around the high holy days, September, October. Have we just circled the year 2030? You know, and isn't it of the Lord, right? He, it's, a, it's the glory of God to hide things. 
And it's the glory of kings to search the matter out. You know, and this, these prophecies have all been sealed up. Until the Lord's ready to let somebody see something, I don't care how hard you think it through with your knowledge of good and evil, you will never guess the right answer to these prophecies. It's impossible. You know, and candidly, Frank, I don't recall anybody ever asking the question, could the parable of the fig tree be as simple as the life of the generation of the people of Israel at the end of the age? And yet, that's exactly the answer. The generation that sees these things. That's this generation that's alive at the end of the age. I mean, this is, you know, once you break it down for what it really says, it's like, how did we not see that? Right? How is that hidden from our view? Well, until the Lord's ready to reveal something, we're not going to find it out on our own. So, yeah, 2030 is the end of the age. Am I telling you the day or the hour of the return of the Lord? No, I'm not. You know, once the abomination of desolation is witnessed on the Temple Mount, we'll be able to count the number of days and, you know, it'll end in the fall of 2030 if uh, the current generation is the answer. Sure seems reasonable to me. We'll get into a number of proofs in this program. So I think it'll be pretty clear to you as well. So if 2030 is the end of the age, then we know World War III takes place seven years prior to the end, right? Because Israel burns the weapons for seven years. And it's the plucking of the eagle's wings off the lion of Daniel's prophecy in Daniel chapter 7. You know, that's what causes the collapse of the, of the world economy. And it causes the, the collapse of the world political order. And it causes the, the people of the earth to cry out for peace and safety. And the Antichrist comes forward and, and proposes a one world government. And so the, the remaining nations, the bear the leopard and the lion kingdom, they all become one beast pictured in Revelation 13. And so a one world government rises and the lion in Daniel 7, I think it's verse 2, the lion is lifted up above the earth and it's caused to stand on its feet as a man and the heart of a man is given unto the beast. So the Antichrist is lifted up along with his one world government, but it follows the plucking of the eagle's wings, which is the destruction of America in World War III. If 2030 is the, the end of the generation, then World War III is in 2023. And Frank, isn't it interesting the number 2030 is also another form of the number 23? And it's... Yeah, absolutely. Now... If, if we're looking at Psalm 90 and say, no, no, Benjamin, wait a minute, you know, it's got to be literally 80 years. And, you know, folks, let me tell you something. We're not half as smart as we think we are, okay? And God uses literary license all the time in how he fulfills prophecy. You know, he doesn't fulfill it in the ways that, that men often expect he told us so he said my ways are not your ways and as far as the heavens are above the earth so my ways are above your ways and when when we think of of the fulfillment of prophecy 
we have a tendency to be real anal in our in our mind set. You know, and Benjamin, you know, if Psalm 80, you know, so, pardon me, Psalm 90 said 80 years, and it gotta be 80 years, brother, you know, pounding the table with. And if that were true, and we're using 1948 as the, the very first event that the generation would witness, well, that would mean World War Three would have had to start in 2021. And order for the fulfillment of all things to take place in, in 2028. And you know what? The world war actually did start in 2021 with a secret weapon to initiate a silent war. But the prophecy of, of Israel cleansing the land for seven years, that's after the nuclear exchange. So, you know, we just have to reject the literal 80 years. And for those of you that have been listening for, for a long time, you'll recall that, you know, the, message where I observed, I discerned from Jeremiah 25, verse 12, that the prophecy of the 70-year reign of Babylon was repeating again at the end of the age. And with exhaustive research into the events surrounding the post-war era where the American century began, I discerned it, you know, that the signing of the NATO treaty in which America was appointed the de facto ruler of the free world represented America becoming the ruling empire. That occurred in 1949. And so the first full year of Chaldean rule would have been 1950. And that would make the 70th year reign of America Babylon 2020. And, and uh, I didn't know if the judgment would begin within that 70th year or the immediately following. But I had discerned by the spirit that something profound was going to happen in, in March of 2020. And I'd circled March 22nd, the third day of spring, which is the Chaldean satanic feast of the burning man. And of course I had no idea that that would be the day they locked down the world in this medical tyranny that was imposed. And so, and you know, did the judgment sequence begin? Has America changed Frank? <laughs> and are we ever going back to the world that was? No. No. Not according to Klaus Schwab and the rest of the Dungeon and Dragon people. No, we're never going back. The world is forever changed. So what has been set in motion? The final judgment of God. How is that occurring? It's occurring sequentially over several years. Wouldn't you have expected that if the judgment would begin after America's 70th year, it should all happen in one year, right? Well, no, wait, wait a minute. Actually, it should probably all happen in one day. Why not one minute? Why not one second after the 70th year is completed, right? But God doesn't do the entire judgment in one second or one day. He actually meets this out. And so, you know, I started to think, well, wait a second, what's really happening here? The, the world has clearly changed in 2020 when we transitioned into this new decade. The decade of the 2020s is a decade of darkness. It's the decade of the fourth turning. It's the decade of the season of winter. And, and you know, this, there's no looking back. But what is transpiring is a series of judgments. Could they be occurring over three years, 21, 22, 23? 
Satan loves to counterfeit everything that the Messiah did. And the Messiah declared that he would tear down his temple and then rebuild it in three days. Could Satan be tearing down the current world order in three years only to yet build it again with the satanic world government following World War III? That sure looks like the track that we are on. So let's talk about the rebuilding of the Temple of Solomon or the Temple of Apollyon, which is the Temple of the Antichrist. The men who control the world's secret societies, they love to leave symbolic clues at the scene of their crimes, which reveal the presence of the dark arts of sorcery and mystic alchemy. These clues are found hidden in many of the world's most important events. They are symbols which are used as numerological keys to unlock pathways to another realm and to ensure the success of endeavors that occur on the earth. They're employed whenever these secret societies, the Chaldean powers, seek to release the power of darkness as above in the rituals that they do so below. And you know what we're seeing in world history, what we've been living through for the last 32 years has been a massive ritual designed to put the cornerstone, the pardon me, the capstone in place on the satanic world government. And this capstone is being erected. The, the ritual that's being played out is all based on the mystic number of 11. And the clues to that are tied to the end of World War I, which ended precisely on November 11 at 11 a.m. They already decided the war would end. Why didn't it end on November 10th at midnight? There were hundreds of people that died the next morning because the fighting continued all the way to 11 a.m. But the ruling shadow government wanted to create the symbolism of 11, 11, 11. And those are the clues that something more sinister is occurring here. Those three 11s that were telegraphed at the end of World War I are the clue that there's a numerology and a deeper meaning, not only to the end of World War I, but that all three world wars are connected as part of a massive ritual for the satanic conquest of this planet. And, you know, it is fascinating. The, as I mentioned, the Chaldean deep state acquired political control over the United States in 1950 was the first year of their complete reign with America as the ruling empire of the earth. NATO had just been signed all the institutions of global power were now in place. So America began to ride as the riding, the rider on the white horse, a force for good and democracy, bringing a world of peace and freedom, right? Yeah, don't you feel the freedom today? Can't you just taste the peace? No, it's more like the peace symbol, which is the sign of the Antichrist, an upside down cross broken down to the ground. They cried peace, peace, but there's no peace. And peace is now about to be taken from the earth. 40 years into the reign of the Chaldean state was the year 1990. 
And on, on September 11th of 1990, they began a final 33-year ritual for the placement of the capstone. And the capstone is represented by the number 33. So what happened on September 11th in 1990? This was the eve of the first Iraqi war. George Bush Sr. went on national television and he made a statement. He talked to the American people. Then he also uh, addressed the United Nations in a speech as well. On television in the United States, Bush said, and this is a quote, and I'm I'm doing this from memory because this burned into my, my mind as he said this live on, on national television. Now we can see coming into view a new world order of the nations. And of course, the first number 11, the first 11 in this ritual represents revealing what has been hidden in the darkness. So old man Bush is unveiling what's been hidden in the darkness of secrecy, that the, the global ruling elite intend to build a one world government. And now we're going to begin to see it as it comes into view, as, a, as the forces of the United States and the United Nations go to war in the fight over Kuwait in the Middle East on September 11th, 1990, it was announced. 11 years later, the second stage of the ritual would begin on 9-11 in the United States, 9-11-2001. That morning, United Airlines Flight 11 would first hit the Twin Towers, themselves a symbolic 11. And the destruction of the Twin Towers initiated the second part of the ritual, the beginning of the action, in which the unseen rulers of this fallen world would now begin to move to destroy the existing world order. First, by destabilizing the Middle East, creating the chaos out of which a new world order would one day rise from the ashes. And so two planes from each airline, two from United, two from American, were used. Together, they represent also the number 11. Think of two planes crossing the skies. You got the number 11, and they doubled it twice because this was the second step of the 11 ritual. And the second number, 11, becomes doubled, and so it is the number 22. This is the second 11. It represents 22, and 22 is the number... Of all truth, it's also the number of the beginning of the action. And so on 9-11, the, the war for the conquest of the earth began. And the United States would go on to, to bomb the mountains of Afghanistan. And, and uh, we would chase the Taliban around for the next almost 20 years. And uh, then we would later invade Iraq and and the result of these wars would destabilize the entire region. The third and final 11-year phase would begin on September 11th, 2012. Well, what happened that day? Well, 100 days later, in December 21st, the Mayan calendar would end, and our solar system crossed the galactic median into the new age. The final 11-year period in which the capstone itself would be placed on 
the great work, which is symbolically the temple of Apollyon, the destroyer. It's, it's pictured as a pyramid. This great work will be completed by September 11, 2023. World War III will likely occur immediately following or will be concluded prior or immediately following that day. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating. The following 33 days, Frank, and on October 14, 2023. And if you go, go and look, there's a an annular solar eclipse that's going to cross the United States on October 14th of 2023. It crosses from Oregon through Colorado, New Mexico. It crosses the four corners of, of America, which is Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Utah, and Colorado. It crosses right over four corners, and then, Frank, it exits the coastal state of Texas, blocking out the sunlight at high noon, precisely high noon, over the city of Corpus Christi, Texas, which was named after the cross. The eclipse continues down through Central America, again cuts a swath across South America, and again exits the country of Brazil, over another city named after the cross. Is God telling us that the blessings of the cross, the blessings of Christianity are now being or have been removed from this land? Another total solar eclipse will occur on April 8th, 2024, cutting from New England. It literally comes down from New England and... It crosses, it darkens the sky over Dallas, Texas, before exiting the country. It's as if God wrote a red X on the map for America. The same type of X they put on a building that has been condemned and is no longer fit for occupancy. You know, the fact that the final eclipse turns the daytime light black as darkness over the city of Dallas is quite significant. Dallas was the setting for another very important ritual. During the 13th year of the rule of the Chaldean deep state in America, the members of these secret societies, they murdered an American president in plain sight on November 22nd, 1963. 11 22 in 1963. The occult significance of the city of Dallas is, it's a profound story. Think of the, the, the Roe v. Wade decision. Where was that handed down? Dallas, Texas. The significance of the Kennedy murder to the satanic ritual that was associated with the detonation of the first atomic bomb on White Sands, New Mexico in, I think it was July of 1945, on the 33rd parallel, is actually the subject of a book that I've written, but I've not yet chosen to publish. The title is Dallas, A Sunday Morning in Dallas. And the word for morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And for a number of reasons, the contents of that book were just, I, I didn't feel the liberty to publish it. 
a few people have seen it. I I may bring it out this year before all of this is revealed, but here we've got this eclipse crossing over Corpus Christi and then the second eclipse forming a perfect X, blotting out the U.S., turning the daylight sky black over the city of Dallas where all of this evil was done many years ago. You know, 1963, that's the 60-year anniversary of the year 2023. It was 60 years ago this year that JFK was murdered in plain sight and nobody saw a thing. Now, it's sort of fascinating that, that this these dates are actually also tied to the fall of ancient Babylon. You may remember ancient Babylon was conquered by Cyrus and in the media Persian armies in the middle of the night, the royal family was executed. In the morning, the people woke up and it was over. That occurred in the year 539 BC. At the exact time, if you crossed over to the other side of the earth, ancient Babylon being in the Middle East, I'm talking about the precise moment that ancient Babylon fell, which was October 12 in the Middle East. It was October 11th in the United States of America. The year 539 is tied to the discovery of the new world in, in sort of a fascinating way because this new world would be discovered by Columbus in 1492 when Columbus would sail the ocean blue. Frank, it's amazing. If you take the span of time from the fall of Babylon in 539 BC, and you add 1492 years of the common era, the total time that elapsed between the fall of ancient Babylon and the discovery of the land that would one day become end time Babylon was 2031 years. You know, is that just a coincidence or is it just one more prophetic clue that America would be destroyed and the present age ended within the same measure of time of 2,031 years. Yeah, we're getting a lot of multiple witnesses here, and you haven't even gotten to the other stuff yet, so uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're, no, we're I'm, warming up. We're, yeah, no. we're just warming up, folks. I, I'm holding back from asking a question because I know you're going there, but I'm looking forward to it because I didn't know this one until you shared the document with me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep quiet. Go ahead. It's pretty crazy. And, um, so, you know, we, we I was actually contacted by a, a, a publisher a guy that's has relationships with one of the major book publishing houses. Um, yesterday he contacted me, he said, brother, your 70 year interpretation of Bible prophecy that America's judgment would begin if, if following the 70th year in 2020, he said, brother, you were spot on. You nailed it. And I said, you know, thank you for, you know, having an open enough mind to see that because most people would say, oh, Benjamin, America wasn't destroyed in 21. You know, nothing's changed. Well, okay, everything's changed, but we haven't seen the, the missiles fly yet. Well, okay, chill for a few more months. They're coming. But what is fascinating and you know, this is just my opinion, discounted if you wish, but you know, I look at the Lord's statement that, you know, on the third day I'll be perfected. You know, what sign do you give us to prove you're the Messiah? I'm gonna tear down this temple. 
I'm going to tear down my temple, and in three days I'll build it again. And of course, he was talking about his own body and that he would rise from the dead on the third day. But remember, Bible prophecy is always fulfilled twice, right? Was Jesus also talking about his temple at the end of the age, which itself would also be destroyed before the Lord would rebuild it yet again? And, and might that temple be destroyed in 2020? along with America's end? And, and could God be rebuilding the temple that he's going to use, a temple made without hands? And will he finish the rebuilding by the end of 2023? You know, what, what temple am I talking about? I'm talking about the temple in Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I send my messenger. Okay, this is the, this is the one who's prophesied to come. At the end of the age, all of Israel's waiting for this messenger. They're convinced it's the prophet Elijah returning. We know from Jesus' teachings, John the Baptist fulfilled this prophecy prior to the first coming. You know, the disciples said to Jesus, why do the Pharisees say Elijah must first come? And Jesus said, I'll tell you a mystery. Elijah's already come. And they didn't recognize him. They did whatever they will to him. And if you can receive it, this was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the messenger who preceded the face of the Lord. Well, at the end of the age, there's another messenger coming. And I'll read to you from Malachi 3. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into his temple. What? What temple? Well, the, the scripture answers the question for us. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, in all of Israel. I mean, the, they're convinced this is the return of Elijah. Elijah was the greatest prophet in the history of Israel. All of Israel wants Elijah to come again. You know, on, on the Passover, they set a plate for Elijah at the dinner table. And, and as they're doing the Passover Seder, they tell the children, go and, and open the door. Perhaps Elijah is waiting. Go see if he's here. And of course, every year the children say, no, he, Elijah didn't come this time. Well, Elijah is, or one who comes in his office and his power, is going to be revealed soon enough. But notice what the Lord calls him. My temple. The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into his temple, who is the messenger of the covenant. Could it be that the messenger of the covenant was destroyed like Jesus? And would be rebuilt instead of in three days, maybe three years. I'm just posing a question. Pray about it. Think about it. But notice what it says in verse two. After the Lord reminds Israel, who you delight in, everybody wants to see the revelation of the ministry of the end time prophet the end time messenger of the most high God. And in verse two, the Lord says, but who can abide? Who can stand? Who can handle the day of his coming? And who will stand when he appears? For behold, he is like a refiner fire, a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. 
And he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he'll purify the sons of Levi. He'll purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and in the former years. And so, you know, that would infer that the offering of Judah and Jerusalem is not pleasing to the Lord today. And I would tell you that that is the truth. It's because of the great apostasy. It's because of the, the great falling away. And it's because of the people, even many who claim to believe in the Messiah. You know, they believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is Messiah. Yet they too reject him choosing instead to follow the way that seems right in their own eyes, fashioning for themselves some kind of a, I don't know, a retread version of the old covenant. Where, you know, they're going to, uh, they're going to accomplish their sanctification through the power of the flesh. The scripture already told us, not by might nor by strength, by my spirit, saith the Lord. Well, the spirit of God is coming. The messenger of the Lord is going to be revealed soon. You can tell from the scripture, the visitation, which is the revealing of the messenger. Because the Lord, when he first comes, he comes in his people. And, and when he comes in his people, he comes as the line of Judah. And he comes in the midst of the fires of World War III. That's in Ezekiel 39. You can search the text out for yourself. And that war and the riding of the black horse that will immediately follow, it's going to bring the church to total repentance. See, right now the hearts are hard. The people are in denial. Benjamin, I repented. In 1985, <laughs> did you? <laughs> That's great. That's a good start. But there's a lot of catching up for you and for me to do. If we're going to bring an offering that is pleasing to the Lord, and that doesn't fit the doctrines of these Laodicean churches, because they confuse they didn't really study the word very much or very carefully. And they confuse our legal justification with our sanctification. And yes, we're legally justified. If you've been born again, your, your spirit has been reborn with the power of the spirit of Jesus Christ. You're a new creation. You have passed from death to life. And on that day, you will be saved. But that doesn't mean you're bringing an offering that's pleasing the Lord today. You know, I mean, those of us that have been parents, you know what I'm saying? You know, when your little kids go out and play in the mud puddle, right? They make a mess all over themselves and everything else. And they're at the front door. You're not real pleased to let them in the house because they're filthy. So the messenger comes with fuller soap. I describe the process as a blowtorch and an iron brush. But the people will be clean. Then the offering will be pleasing and a remnant will be delivered. Hallelujah. But we better get busy because the hour of testing is coming upon us later this year or so it appears. So what I'm suggesting is that there were three years of judgment appointed before the destruction of America would be completed. And those would be the years 21, 22, and 23. Well, what did America go through any changes in 2021, 2022? 
And we're going to find out what's going to change in 23, right? Well, yeah, duh. These are like dumb questions, right? We had this massive global pandemic that, you know, it killed millions of people. You know, we had to look on the bright side, though. It cured every other disease. Nobody died of anything except for this terrible new version of the flu. But in 2021, people started dying of a lot of other things. And suddenly, in the in the aftermath of this pandemic, when the cure was finally being administered, now the real body count begins. And if the current trends are indicative of where we're going, it's going to get real serious later this year. But don't worry. They've got a perfect cover story. Because World War III will cause everybody to forget everything else that went behind it. So yeah, 2021, 22, and 23 have been appointed for America's final reckoning. And within these three years, which no coincidence here, they happen to add up to 6066. 6066. Kind of like the patent number on that. Genocidal weapon. Yeah, this is all real. The destruction of American World War III was planned long ago as an opening ceremony for the dawn of the new age. You know, coincidentally, they are crowning the Antichrist later this year. I guess everybody's got to make their appearance on the global stage. You know, Benjamin, I really wanted to say something you mentioned earlier because it's a whole nother teaching in and of itself. And it's probably the one thing when I first met you that of everything I read that you had shared in, in your in the original book, The Day of the Lord. And that's the second half of the Lord's ministry. You you just briefly even mentioned it. And that's a whole nother teaching, folks. But Jesus is coming the second time through his people. And yeah. I'm not talking about the return of the Lord. That's different. I'm talking about the rest of his ministry. And yes, here, and and it's going to be powerful. God <laughs> has appointed us for a time and a season. He has a work to do. And as Brother Benjamin's talking about bringing an offering at this time, this is not just so you can, oh, hey, Lord, please forgive me. And which God does, you know, and sets. And, but God's asking for people that are useful in His kingdom. Meaning he's got admission. It's like you said earlier, brother. You don't just go sit somebody in a neighbor's tank and say, go, you know, shoot and kill the enemy. They won't know how to run any of the weaponry. They'll be lost. It takes about, it's about sanctification, setting aside, being hidden in Christ, understanding the mind of Christ, moving forward so that we understand what God wants us to do in this hour. Because he may tell us in a moment, hey, pack your stuff or don't pack your stuff. Get out. Leave now. And that's where the sanctification part comes in. Brother, I'm going to let it go. You just, you got me fired up when you mentioned it. Well, yeah, you know, the fact that the Lord has a seven-year ministry in the earth is really, it's kind of obvious. Although, like anything, unless you see it, you don't. And, you know, I never saw it. Uh, the Lord told me it. As far back as like the mid-1980s, Um the Lord just spoke to me and said, I have a seven-year ministry in the earth, and I'm only half finished. And I'm like, what? Where is that in the Bible? Daniel 9, 24 to 27. He will confirm the covenant with the many for seven years. Oh, wait, Benjamin, that's the Antichrist. Yeah. Yes, the Antichrist is the, he's the world's greatest counterfeiter. 
and is the false Messiah, he counterfeits all the works of the true Messiah, including the confirmation of the true covenant, which the true Messiah will do for seven years. Well, how does that add up? Well, he did the first half himself 2,000 years ago. And he came as a man, even though he's God. That's a pretty amazing, miraculous, I mean, who saw that coming, right? I mean, it's in the scriptures. Now we see, oh, of course, the, it says Emmanuel, God with us. Why didn't they all know that God would be born as a little baby in a town called Bethlehem? And his mother would be a virgin, right? When it finally happened, they wanted to stone him. Jesus' entire early life, he was shunned, despised, and rejected by his neighbors. He was a bastard child. Everybody knew Mary fled. They could do the math when, when they returned to Nazareth. Anyway, I digress. No, no, brother, brother, one last thing, folks. Just think about this as you're pondering this, because this, this was one of the heavy things for me back years ago. There, Jesus ministry, three and a half years. There's this you know, whole thing. Why is the Bible specific about three and a half years at the end, times, times, and half a times? And 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 why is the Bible talk about 42 months, 1290, 1335 days, all that? Do you see, folks, the, the three and a half correlations from the first to the three and a half? It, it anyways, uh, just ponder that stuff. I'll let it go. Yeah, it's all perfect fix. So, so the Antichrist confirms the covenant of death. We'll get into that. That was the Oslo Accord signed on the White House lawn. After World War III, he's going to enforce it. He's going to enforce the division of the land. He's going to enforce the creation of the Palestinian state. He's going to divide the city of Jerusalem. And the final seven years of human history will begin. But that's all a counterfeit. The true Messiah confirms the covenant of his father made with Abraham and with all of the elect sons and daughters of God. And it is the ministry. It is the mission. It is the responsibility of the Messiah to fulfill the covenant. And there are two sides to the covenant. There's the side in which he came as a man and he came as a lamb to show us the perfect walk of faith and obedience, and then to present him, himself the perfect sacrifice to make atonement for the sins of the many who would be forgiven under the covenant of grace and be redeemed from death unto life. But he only ministered for three and a half years, and he said, I'm only half finished. Now, I, I was sort of surprised when the Lord told me, I have a seven-year ministry in the earth, and I'm only half finished. But as I searched it out, it became apparent. The second half of the covenant is when he comes in the messenger, Malachi 3. The Lord whom you seek is about to suddenly come into the messenger, into the temple. He's suddenly coming into his temple. Which temple? The one built with stone in Jerusalem? Heavens no. That's over. So is the whole Ark of the Covenant thing. I mean, it's kind of cool, you know, like... I'd love to go see the Ark at a history museum, but, but the Ark of the Covenant now, the Ark of the New Covenant is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his body. It's his blood. He is the living manna. He is the source of the living water. We need to find, we need to find the door into that Ark. 
if we have any hope of, of us and our families surviving what is about to occur on the earth. But so the Lord is about to begin the second half of his ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here we are in the year 2023. And as I mentioned, the Antichrist is counterfeiting the very ministry of the Messiah. In Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9, we're told that he will confirm the covenant with the many. The scripture doesn't tell us which he the prophecy refers to. Because we've already been told Messiah the prince shall come. And we've also been told the people of the other prince shall come. So there are two princes appearing on the world stage. One, the Prince of Peace. The other, the Son of Perdition. And then we're told he will confirm the covenant with the many for seven years. Well, which prince? And which covenant? Well, it's real simple. The true Messiah confirms the true covenant of life. While the Antichrist confirms the covenant of death. The covenant of life brings the year of redemption to the remnant of God. And the covenant of death brings the days of vengeance upon the heads of the wicked. So what is this covenant? Well, the covenant of the, of the new creation is the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. The covenant of death is the Oslo Accord, which was signed on the White House lawn on September 13, 1993. You know, curiously, that was 30 years ago this year. And the word for many in Hebrew is Rabin. And the man who signed the treaty on behalf of Israel was Yitzhak Rabin. His very name inferred in the prophecy. Rabin was assassinated shortly after signing of the treaty. At his funeral, the leaders of the G7 all gathered. The Antichrist sitting in the seventh seat of the front row. They all pledged their support that day to the treaty signed by Rabim, which now had become the literal covenant of death. Covenant promised to bring Israel peace, but in the year that followed its signing, terrorist bombs began to explode in Jerusalem. Bus 18 was hit twice. The Israeli people watched on the evening news as someone had captured the bombing with the, a video camera. And they could see the people sitting, burning alive in the bus, and you could hear their screams. They actually played this on the evening news in Israel. Shimon Perez visited this site of the second attack where the people had all burned to death. And the crowd that was there began screaming, you've signed a covenant with death. And so with hell, they are now in agreement. The year 2023 marks the 30-year anniversary of this covenant of death. 30 is the number of maturity. And as the covenant of death matures later this year, it is going to bring judgment and death, not only upon Israel and America, but upon the whole world that stood for the division of God's land. He warned the nations, touch not the apple of my eye. And yet they did. So now this covenant that was a peace treaty with the enemies of God and the enemies of Israel 
which brought only the promises of peace, false promises of peace, will now bring World War III as it matures. 2023 is also another year of anniversary for the world. It's the 50th year anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision, which was handed down in Dallas, Texas, and legalizing the murder of babies, which is the principal form of the worship of Molech. It became legal for the first time in America in 1973. 50 years is the number of a jubilee. And under the laws of the jubilee, you get what is coming to you. For the people who belong to the Lord, the jubilee brings the year of redemption. We get forgiven. We get everything that was stolen from us returned. We get the blessings of our God. We get the inheritance that we were promised. We get all those things we believed for, that we prayed for over all these years, they come forth during the year of Jubilee. So we'll receive the year of redemption while the world of unbelievers will now face the day of vengeance. Isaiah 63, verse 4, For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. Yeah, 50 years ago, they legalized abortion. I think it was, I don't remember the exact date, but it was in January. There was a book, yeah, there's a book called January 1973. And it, it outlines all of the amazing events that occurred in that one month. The Watergate scandal broke. Roe v. Wade was decided. And I don't remember the others, but several other, you know, changing events occurred 50 years ago this month. So it's America institutional Moloch, state-sanctioned Moloch worship. Yeah, that's right. And the Satanists gather in these abortion clinics at night, not every night, but they, they do curse these clinics, and they do their satanic rituals in the same places where they're slaughtering the babies. And America's abortion practices have evolved over time. There is now a form of unprecedented evil occurring, and it is without measure. The NIH under the direction of that little man who's going to burn for eternity, has been funding the barbaric practice of stem cell recoveries where livers are cut out of living babies while they are yet alive. These innocent souls have already been sentenced to death by abortion. But in the Planned Parenthood clinics in the city of Pittsburgh, they're first delivered alive through premature induced birth in order to preserve the blood supply for organ harvesting. Same thing's going on in China with political dissidents. Only in America, it's, it's babies that are forcibly bur prematurely birthed out of the womb. And these babies are then killed as their livers are cut out while they are still alive. No doubt their bodies are then thrown into hazardous waste trash bags. You know, and as, as I was, and there's there's research to support this, as I was writing this, and, and I, I was weeping as I was first typing this. And, and then I, I saw the picture, saw the spirit, these babies, they're, they're, they clean them. 
I sterilize them before they, before they butcher them. And I saw them taking the baby and laying it on a cold steel killing table. And then the head and the arms and the legs are being taped down so the baby can't move. And then their livers are cut out of them. You know, I've had a biopsy where they cut, you know, some flesh off of me. Can you imagine a baby being prematurely born into the world only to be forcibly scrubbed with some kind of antibacterial soap and then placed on an ice-cold steel table of death? And then, how would you like your head taped down, your arms and your legs? And then the slaughter process begins. I, I, I've always desired that anybody would turn their life around to the Lord, but may they burn in hell for that. That's the sickest, most disgustingest thing I've heard. This is actually happening. And it's so gross that somebody could do something like that. Birds are I can't even fathom that kind of sickness. We got to be in prayer for these babies. You guys got to remember the babies that are being aborted. The Lord told me, I want you to do me a favor. Do God a favor. So pray for them every single day. Pray that these doctors, that their cars crash and they can't make it to the clinic. Pray that, you know, whatever, that the Lord intervenes and, and these this Holocaust stops now. It stops this year for sure. The livers are then sent to educational institutions around the, the country, including the University of Pittsburgh, where hell on earth is now occurring on a daily basis. Ah, yes, the University of Pittsburgh, home of the Panthers. Also home to some of the most barbaric experiments carried out on human infants, including scalping five-month-old aborted fetuses and stitching their scalps onto lab rats. The, the fetal kidneys exported around the country, funded by U.S. tax dollars. You can find all this online, including a five-minute video of some of this horror, including the, the torture of fetuses in the womb with, with uh, needles, scalpels. Uh, I couldn't finish watching the video. And I, I would issue a very, very strong warning that women, and absolutely, children should not see any of this so you know people have accused me of being a little extreme at times but i don't think i'm being extreme when i warn you i believe the holy one has seen enough i don't believe the lord can stand to watch any more of this i i couldn't stand to watch two minutes of this god's been watching 50 years the average American sees nothing. Most Christians, too, they, hey, they're, they've got a prosperity gospel to believe in. They're believing for the pleasures of Babylon. They want their chance to hold the gold ring. So they focus on their dreams of pastries and pleasures dancing in their head and 
Rather, they spend their time enjoying their guacamole and chips, along with an ice-cold beer, while watching the modern-day Nephilim play football on TV. Well, on Monday night, January 3rd, which was the legal holiday of New Year's Day in America, heaven showed the world America's game is being suspended this year. Notice the number of the player that was injured that night. His number was three. The number of judgment. Remember I said three days of rebuilding was also being accomplished through three years of judgment. The messenger of the covenant torn down and then God's rebuilding this one. Maybe he's rebuilding all of us. Heaven knows we sure need to change. I don't think anybody would argue with me on that point. The judgment that's about to be released is coming in a world war that also will bear the number three. Yeah, 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of murdering innocent babies in America. I don't, I don't understand. You know, I've, I've got some baby kittens, Frank. And um, one of them tried to sneak out the door as the door was closing, and it, and it hit him in the neck this morning. And I heard him scream. She grabbed this little kitten, you know, and it tried to see, how, was he injured? You know, how bad? It, I put him down, and Frankie started walking, and then he sort of fell over sideways. Like, oh, Lord. This poor little creature is injured. And I prayed for him and, uh, you know, was thinking, I may be going to the hospital today with a baby kitty. But no, he's fine. You know, he's recovered. Amen. And I, I mean, I was heartbroken to think, you know, I closed that door. I didn't, didn't, didn't see him. Snuck in there at the last minute. And, you know, these babies, nobody sees them. We don't see this. And so it's out of view. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. The practice of abortion in the early years was practiced with either a surgical scalpel or a high-powered suction device, which would literally tear the baby apart as if it was being savaged by a pack of wolves. Arms, legs, torn off. Then the industry of fetal death developed a, a, a more high technology murder system and they began using saline abortions you know that sounds that sounds nice right i mean kind of like kind of like you know the salt water in the ocean right just go for a little swim have a little abortion have a little saline but what's actually happening inside the womb is the baby's being slowly burned to death over a one to two hour period, exactly like the babies who were burned in the Valley of Henan, in the Valley of Tophet. And, you know, you when you understand that, these saline abortion babies were slowly being cooked alive by a saline fire. And at the end of the abortion, a shriveled and blackened corpse would be stillborn. 
This is the same thing that was happening in ancient Israel in the Valley of Hinnom, where they would burn the babies. They would burn the little lambs and they would burn the little babies on these huge fires. Now I'm going to read you a little excerpt from my book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. And the caption is, I am the Lord. I change not. God declares in Malachi that he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord is a God of judgment. He will not tolerate the murder of innocent children or the promotion of sexual immorality or sodomy without bringing his judgment. God judged Israel for turning from his truth to darkness. The people worshipped the pagan gods and engaged in all forms of wickedness. They were worshipping Ashtaroth, the god of immorality. They were also killing their babies on the altars of Molech. A fire would be built. And they would place their Newport, their newborn infants. <laughs> Newport, yeah, that's a great place for the fire. The newborn infants would be placed in the fires. I don't know how they managed to turn a deaf ear to the screams of their own children. But I know for a fact that the Lord heard these babies crying. And he turned his ear in compassion. And in his nostrils, the fire of his wrath began to kindle against what was now a wicked nation. The Lord did not tarry long before bringing his judgment. Today in America, our nation is worshiping the same evil gods. And in our modern clinics, they are again murdering his little children. And though the American people have long since turned a deaf ear to their cry, and though most of what calls itself the church couldn't seem to be bothered either, with this issue. The Lord still hears. They may turn deaf ears, but the Lord is still hearing the cries of the babies. And his heart breaks for each and every one of these little souls. You know, thank God they're all caught up into the bosom of Abraham. They go straight to paradise. See, these little innocent babies pass through a fire to go to heaven. And now there's a fire awaiting the whole planet. So, you know, let us not be afraid. If, if a little bit of suffering is appointed for each one of us in order to bring us to the place of sanctification, that we would be ready to step into the to paradise for eternity, then Lord, let your will be done. Strengthen us that we would be faithful through whatever God requires of us. For these little innocent children, they went through a pretty horrific experience as their lives were born again into the kingdom of God through their through the process of being murdered here in the earth and this is it's all happening all over again once again I I don't think it's an exaggeration to tell you that the Lord has become wroth with this his once Christian nation he can stand no more. He will not tarry long this time either. So that leaves us with 2023, Frank. The number 23 is associated with death and judgment throughout the scriptures. What I find fascinating 
went back and did a little research on these years. The year 1993, which is 30 years ago, the year of the covenant of death, Nissan One occurred on March 23 in 1993. That has repeated again this year. The first day of Nissan will again occur on the 23rd of March. 3, 23, 23. And 23 is the number of death. And death is about to be doubled in America. You know, in the first ritual murder of associated with the, the capstone in which 3,000 people died on 9-11, it's going to be followed up with what could likely be 300 million in the judgment by fire that awaits the daughter Babylon in the fall of 2023. Yeah, 23. In Genesis 23, Sarah died. Leviticus 23, Balaam prophesied that the people of God would rise up like a, like a great lion and they would pour out the blood of the slain at the end of the age. Deuteronomy 23 deals with the uncleanliness in the camp. Joshua 23 contains the warning that if we turn back to the ways of the nations, it will become a curse unto us and we will perish in the land. For Samuel 23 is, contains the account of Saul's pursuit to attempt to kill King David. 2 Samuel 23 deals with David's final words before his death, including the prophecy that one day the sons of Belial will all burn as thorns. 2 Kings 23 deals with Josiah's reforms, the burning of the Valley of Hanan and Tophet, Josiah's extermination of the priests that offered these horrific rituals, and finally Josiah's death himself. Psalm 23 deals with walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Jeremiah 23 rebukes the false prophets and warns that one day a whirlwind of the Lord would come upon the whole earth at the end of the age. Ezekiel 23 proclaims judgment on the unfaithful daughters of Israel. Matthew 23 contains Jesus' weeping over Jerusalem, declaring its destruction. And in Luke 23, we read the account of Jesus' death on the cross. Acts 23 reveals the plot to kill Paul. The number 23 also appears in the scripture. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. Jeremiah 25, verse 3, for 23 years, I have spoken persistently. For 23 years, the word of the Lord has come unto me and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. And then in my own case, I first began to warn America in the summer of 1999. Frank, that was that when we met, when I first met you? Um, well, yeah, in person, we met when you were on the Prophecy Club tour in 1999, I think it was. And then um, we, but I met you and kind of talked to you over the phone through Jim, my friend. Okay. But you were you came to one of those prophecy club meetings. Well, Jim and I drove down there so we could talk to you because he met you. I think we all in Honduras or something together, maybe. And yeah, then, I think um, I think so. Yeah, and so we drove down there to see you at a prophecy club thing in Tennessee. 
Well, isn't it interesting, Frank, that 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 was um, the summer of 1999 and 23 years later was the year 2022. And so now comes the judgment. Put your seatbelts on, folks. It's about to get serious. And the last thing I just want to share, I'm going to read a little quote from a book called Secret and Suppressed, Banned Ideas and Hidden History. For years, I've been trying to draw your attention to the reality of Masonic sorcery and its relationship to political control of America. Many people intellectually or instinctually realize the power that Freemasonry exerts on the government of the United States. But since they're all hoodwinked, which means they're all deceived by satanic spells of witchcraft, they don't actually understand the secrecy, the silence, and the darkness that actually surrounds the dark arts of sorcery. And so control of the government of the United States is traced merely to Wall Street and to money. And it never ventures beyond to the crossroads of witchcraft. America and Americans live in a news ghetto where the news media continually promises to promote apathy. They endeavor to promote apathy while going through the motion, the lip sync of so-called reform. But like a haunted house draining its occupants of the, their own will in return for a promise of a night of sleep without nightmares, the American people are mental captives of a horror story that continually feeds them misinformation as its stone bell now tolls the death of our nation. Twenty twenty three. The year of the fig tree, the year that the generation of the fig tree will finally expire. The year that all these things will begin. World War Three. You know, could we be wrong? Why not? But I don't think so. You know, like a broken clock that's coincidentally right two times a day. I think our Looks like our time may have come, Frank. What do you think? I, I I know one thing. If God doesn't come soon, we will destroy ourselves completely. And spiritually, this country is destroyed, folks. We are the most wicked. I looked the other day, Benjamin. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the other program. But our exportation of pornography and something is so far above the second place in the world. Of exporters, that it's not yeah, even terrible. We're the leader. We're the leader. We're the leading nation of all things filthy and disgusting. And we look at the rest of the world, like China and everything, and we and we look at them as like, look how they treat their people. Well, you know what? Look how we treat our people with the filth and disgustingness, and and our children don't even know who they are anymore. We are an abomination. By the way we act in this country is disgusting, and God cannot, will not continue to be mocked. Yeah, I mean, you're right. America published 
it created what became the world pornography business. The world smokes American cigarettes. The American, American weapons were the primary weapon of choice for much of the last 70 years. The world went into debt with money borrowed from American banking institutions. The world is deceived by America's pharmaceutical, I mean, sorcery industry. You know, the list just goes on. Yeah, we and, and, and folks, Revelation 18, that is kind of the catalyst leading towards the end when the mystery Babylon infects the world with their pharmacia, their sorcery. Well, what just happened? People are dying all over the place. Yeah, they are. Yeah, because the 70 year reign of America Babylon's over the global market, the global political and financial system has fractured. It ended. And the world is now fragmenting in, in, you know, when we're now marching down the path to the, to a, a version of the Valley of Megiddo. So we're headed for World War Three. You know, Benjamin, could you imagine having a company where you got filthy rich for selling poison and you're like, hey, here, come buy some of my poison. It's going to kill you. And people just keep coming and buying it. And you get so dirty, filthy, rich. That's exactly, folks, what happened here in the United States. The love of money is the root of all evil. And people got filthy, rich, killing the world. Well, the money was secondary. It was really about, you know, the step. It's about power and everything. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. Well, th this is. Look, they, they, they want to reduce the slave population. You know, it's easier to manage 500 million slaves than 8 billion. So. Brother, God bless. That's some heavy looks, folks. That's a lot of information. And we didn't even talk about the signs in the stars, right? No, that would have required more. You Can you upload that uh, PDF that shows the tetrads? I can, I can. Oh, we'll we'll have to do that. Amen. Yeah, well, folks, the the signs and the stars are heralding something dramatic is going to happen in 2023. World changing events lie directly ahead of us. Wonder what they might be. Mm. Amen, folks. God bless you. Keep Brother Benjamin and myself in prayer. Pray for these babies. Mm. This is yeah. disgusting. This is probably out of every program we've ever done may have been the, the, the hardest words ever. As I look here at my little new grandson with all, I, I catch myself often staring at his pictures just for no reason. I have become that goofy grandparent, you know, that I always thought other people were goofy, but then I just went one of my best friends. They just, they just lost a baby at, at seven months and, and she had to carry it for a while before could deliver it and man we just all wept we all cried you know as i we had lost a baby years ago ourselves too and 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 we just can't imagine this world doing this sick and evil folks yeah. keep them in prayer please it makes adultery look like sort of you know the girl scouts or something yeah I mean, you know, theft, lying, false witness, adultery, you know, those are those are nice sins. Yeah. 
compared to chopping up babies. Yeah. Well, it, it's like that doctor, that abortion. Remember that? I mean, we saw the gauze. Now we knew the monster he was, but then that, remember that other abortion doctor had like over 2000 babies stored in between his home and his car and everything, saving them from abortions. And he would just get a glee on how many he could uh, compete with other doctors, how many they could abort. It's, it's so satanically disgusting, these people. Well, they're done, Frank. They are. It's over. And there's a special place, and it's real hot, waiting for them. Oh, yeah. And so, folks, God bless each one of you. Keep in the faith. Listen, this is not <clears> – <throat> it's the end of time we're at, but it's the beginning of what God ha- needs us to be awake and to do as we finish out. Lord has a work for us in these last hours of this earth's history, folks. He wants us to be useful. We need to be close to him, prayer, fasting, seeking his face, reading his word. It's not an option. You don't, I don't want to, I'm so tired. Sometimes I can't understand it. Well, just read it anyways. You, you can't understand anything. You don't put adequate time into reading. You have to read it. You don't need to be a scholar. You just got to read it. But a child can understand that Jesus died for their sins. You know, it's okay if you don't understand anything, but get in the word. And if you get in the word, when you need it, God will bring the understanding. He will bring the understanding. Brother, God bless you. Thank you. I hope if the Lord willing, you can get this into book format or into something, you know, that they really can go into detail and share with the people. And uh, folks, this is Brother Benjamin and Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Though a trumpet in Zion.